Hello and welcome back to Major League Talk Giants Edition. Today is Thursday, April 20th, 2023. My name is Henry Self and this is episode seven. We're going to be reviewing the series against the Miami Marlins. So let's go ahead and get started. This is our sixth series of the year. We ended our second road trip of the year going to Miami for a three-game set. We lost the first two games and so the series. Game one, we lost four to three. Game two, we lost four to two. Uh, game three, we would end up winning five to two in 11 innings. Uh, in game one, the Giants started out up front, uh, going up 3 0 after the top of the third, uh, with an RBI by Ramos in the second, scoring Bart, and then a two run RBI by VR, scoring uh, Ruff and Flores in the second. Uh, that would end the Giants scoring for the game. Uh, Webby had another rough start, posting another four earned run game. The Marlins uh, were able to keep the Giants scoreless from the fourth through the, to the top of the ninth to get the win. Another blown lead by the Giants. Game two, the Giants would again get out to an early lead, going up 2-0 in the first after a two-run home run by Az. Again, this would be all the Giants would score. Wood was on the mound, and he pitched only two and one-third innings. They were good innings, but he had to exit with a hamstring injury. Uh, fielding a Segura bunt and getting the out at first. Junis would relieve and allow Stallings to score on a birdie sack fly. Uh, this gave Wood one earned run. Uh, Junis would end up giving up three earned runs himself, which is all the Marlins would need. Uh, the final game was another 11-inning game, uh, this time with the Giants on the winning end. Offense was relatively quiet for both teams in the game, with the 10th inning starting with both teams sitting at one run apiece. The Giants would end up uh, tacking on four runs in the 11th off of two two-run home runs. Conforto would homer, which scored the automatic runner Estrada. And then after a VR double, Yaz would homer. Uh, the Marlins would score once in the bottom of the 11th, but Jelly would be able to earn two strikeouts and get a ground out to end the game. When we, uh, while we finally ended the losing streak, we still haven't ended the bad trends, which have been happening since the first series. Uh, Webb's struggles continue. Our starters for each game were Webb versus Luzardo, Wood versus Cabrera, and Cobb versus their Rogers. I believe his first name is Trevor. So let's go ahead and get into each game. Um, go ahead and preface this. I was only able to watch game two in its entirety and be disappointed that way. So for game one, our starter on the mound was Webb, who had another very similar outing to the other three that he's had. Um, he would pitch for six and two thirds innings, uh, which is his longest outing. Uh, he gave up eight hits, four earned runs, and struck out six. His season ERA is now to a four nine four. Uh, his frustration after giving up the two home two run homer was quite obvious and on full display. As after he saw the ball go over the wall, he immediately got off the mound, screaming into his mitt. Or his glove, and I can only imagine that what he was saying is "fuck," because that's exactly what it looked like. Let's go over the uh, the lineup. We had Estrada and left Flores at first, rough DHing, and eventually Beatty would come in for him. Davis at third, VR at second, Yastrzemski at center, Bart catching, Ramos and right. Eventually Wade would come in to replace him and right, and Crawford at short. For the hits, Estrada was over four. Um, Flores, three for four with a run. Ruff was 0 for 1 with a strikeout and two walks, and he was also scored. Beatty went 0 for 1 with a strikeout. 
Davis was 0 for 4 with a strikeout. VR was 1 for 4 uh, with a strikeout and a two RBIs due to that double. Yastrzemski was 0 for 4 uh, with two strikeouts. Bart was 2 for 4 with a strikeout. Uh, he was scored. Ramos was 1 for 2. And he got an RBI. Wade Jr., 0 for 0 with a walk. Crawford struggles continue 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. Overall for the game, our batters were 7 for 32 with nine strikeouts, three walks, three runs, three RBIs. No home runs. For the rest of our pitchers, Alexander was really the only, not really, he was the only reliever in this game. Uh, he was off to a great start in his first four appearances with the Giants. He had four scoreless appearances, but has since cooled off, giving up runs in his last four appearances uh, generally, uh, except for this one. Actually, no, I need to go back and look at that. I might have read something wrong because he definitely did not give up a run in this game. Bad stat. Ignore that one. Uh, anyway, he was our only reliever. He'd come in in the seventh to get the final out and then pitch a clean eighth. He only gave up one hit. Uh, the defense would get all of his outs. Um, as a team, we left seven on base. We went two for 10 uh, with runners in scoring position. Davis would ground into a double play, and we would turn two double plays, VR to Flores, and then Crawford to VR to Flores. Um, let's go ahead and look at our, our pitcher reports for this one. So, like I said, Logan Webb started. He'd end up throwing 105 total pitches, uh, four, four seamers. That was his lowest, uh, 38 sinkers, 35 sliders, and 28 changeups. Um, as for the speed, they look all about where you would expect 87.2 for his changeup, uh, 92.6 for the, those four, four seamers, 92.4 for the sinkers and 83.7 for his sliders. Um, decent movement, about the same as we normally expect from Webb. Um, and, you know, when you watch his pitching, when you watch the games that he's starting, his his pitching's not bad. It, the, his locations are good. He just has had mistakes happen in the worst possible moments. Now, if that's just who Webb is now, or it's just a string of bad luck one right after the other. We're just going to have to watch the whole season to find out. And he did just sign his extension. So we got him for another five years. Um, good on his release point, all the same. Uh, a lot of his pitches, if they weren't in the strike zone, most of them were coming down and then toward a right-handed batter. Uh, he threw 41 of his pitches in the strike zone. 64 were out of them, out of the strike zone. Batters would swing at 49 of his pitches, a lot of them out of the strike zone, but they would take 56. Batters swung at all four of his four-seamers, and then when you break down the others, it looks like most of the ones that they took were his sinker. Uh, he threw a total of 33 balls. He would get 23 called strikes and 12 swing and strikes, 17 foul tips, 12 hits that resulted in outs, and then eight base hits. Uh, 12 
hits weren't hit hard. He got 14 ground balls uh, total. Uh, he got eight hard hits, um, a line drive, a fly ball, and then six grounders. So, like I said, his his pitching has not been bad. It is the mistakes coming at the wrong time. Every pitcher is going to make mistakes at a certain point. His have just been coming really to the wrong batters at the wrong time. Like the home run that he gave up in this game, it was a two-run shot Yeah, to Solaire, and it was just a hanging slider, middle-middle. Can't make a pitch like that to someone like Solaire. But we'll see as the season goes on what happens with him and how adjustments are made. One phrase that I've heard in a lot of the um, and one of the baseball podcasts that I've listened to a lot is that one thing that we don't know right now as we're watching the season as it progresses is we are watching a storyline unfold. At the end of the season, there's going to be some Cinderella story. There's going to be some ma- massive comeback story or some massive downfall. And we don't know where it's coming from or who it's going to be as we're watching it live. We're just going with the ups and downs of the regular season. And so it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of our season plays out, how Webb really plays out for the rest of the season, because he's meant to be our, our face. He's meant to be our number one. And I believe he has it in him and he's shown that he has it in him to be an ace. So we'll see. Scott Alexander, like I said, came in uh, 11 pitches. Total were thrown uh, one change up, two sliders and eight sinkers. Uh, the sinkers are 91.8. The other two were below 85. Um, decent movement. The, the slider dropping a lot, but not too much, uh, lateral break. And then the sinkers and the change up looks like going to, imagine this is coming from the way that they had this set up. It's, it's coming from the batter or the hitter. So a lot of movement to the, yeah, the right of a batter. So if you're right-handed batter going out from you, like I said, this is a learning process. I'm learning how to read some of these myself. Uh, release point, the same for all those. Strike zone, not too bad. It's only 11 pitches to really choose from here. Seven pitches inside the zone, uh, four of them out of the zone. Batters would swing eight of his pitches and take three. Uh, He only pitched one ball, got one called strike, three swing and strikes, one foul tip, four hits for outs, and one base hit. So, Alexander, having... Yeah, he had a really good start, then had one one bad game. Let me see if I can correct that earlier stat. So to correct that earlier stat where I said he'd given up a run in each outing, that wasn't what it was. He gave up that one earned run against the Dodgers where he only pitched 1.1 innings. And so that made his ERA jump. But the, since then, he has had clean outings again. And that ERA has dropped from that 225 to 1.23 for uh, Alexander. So, so far he's only given up five hits and one earned run. 
just really sucks. So that one earned run was a home run, but he's been doing well for us. It's good to see Scott Alexander in the, in the pitching rotation. Um, behind the dish, calling the balls and strikes, we had Doug Eddings. Uh, his overall accuracy is 93%. Says he called 128 of 138 taken pitches correctly. And his overall consistency is 94%. Five called balls inside the estimated dump zone and three called strikes outside. And um, overall favor, plus 0.14 runs for Miami. Uh, impactful missed calls. Uh, first one, top of the second, Lazardo to Yaz. One out, bases empty, a 2-2 count. The ball is called a strike. Top of the seventh, Barnes to Flores, one out, runners on first and second, 1-0 count, ball is called a strike. And both of those were low. Uh, and then the third, bottom of the third, uh, Webb to Fortes, no outs, runner on second, first pitch of the at-bat, a strike is called a ball. And this is one that was at the top of the zone, uh, just clipped the top of the zone um called ball accuracy says 99% one of 83 called balls were true strikes called strike accuracy 84% nine of five called strikes were true balls so let's go ahead and move on into the next game um like i said game two our starter was wood uh Unfortunately, he did have to come out of the game early. He uh, only gave up. He was on one out into the third. Uh, he struck out three in this two and one third innings and gave up a double to Stallings in the third, who had uh, wound up moving to third on the sacrifice punt from Segura and then would score on a sack fly from Birdie. That sack fly was given up by Junis, like I said. So 2.1 innings, three strikeouts, one hit. One and run. Our lineup: Wade Jr. was in left, Estrada was at second, Yaz was in right, Davis was at third, Flores at first, Crawford was at short, and then Ruff would come in to hit for him at some point, and then VR would DH, Sable was catching, but then Bart would come in for him, and Wisely was in center. Wade went zero for three with a strikeout and a walk. Estrada was one for four, uh, and he was scored. Yaz was one for three, and he got two RBIs off that home run. He also drew a walk. Davis was three for four uh, with one strikeout. Flores was two for four. Crawford was 0 for three with a strikeout. Ruff was, uh, when he got to bat, was 0 for one. VR was 0 for four with four strikeouts. It was a rough day for him. Uh, Sable went 0 for two with two strikeouts, and then Bart would go 0 for two with one strikeout. Wisely was 0 for 3 with two strikeouts, and I kind of felt bad for Wisely because his family was there to see his first ever at-bats in the big leagues, and it just wasn't going to yet. Like I said, two strikeouts, and like I said, this was a game we got to watch, so I kept score. Uh, yeah, flew out to uh, right field, and then strikeout, strikeout. Both of those were swinging. Oh, well. Better luck next time, kid. You got a lot of a lot of time to go. Uh, the rest of our pitchers, I said, Junis came on uh, to relieve Woods. He would finish out the third. Um, 
but not without, like I said, giving up that sacrifice flight of birdie, allowing Stallings to score. Junis would pitch a total of two and two-thirds innings, giving up a three-run home run to Jazz Chisholm Jr. after giving up a double to Solaire and a single to Dela Cruz. The next batter reached on a catcher's interference call and stole second, but then Junis would get out of the inning with a strikeout and a ground out. Fifth inning looked almost just as bad with Junis giving up three straight singles, but he'd get a double play to end the inning. His final line, like I said, two and two-thirds, six hits, three earned runs, one strikeout, one home run. Then we have Stripling, uh, whose appearances are improving his earned run totals uh, from each game, four, four, two, and zero. And then his hits are six, four, two, and two over those games. Uh, he'd come on in the sixth, pitch two and a third innings, uh, looking cleaner than his last outing. He struck out three, gave up two hits, and allowed no runs. Taylor Rogers, whose last three outings have also been improvements, uh, would come in for the last two outs of the eighth getting a fielder's choice, and then a strikeout. He left six on base, went one for six with runners in scoring position. Estrada would successfully steal a base, and Yaz would get caught stealing. We turned one double play. Sable would earn an error on catcher's interference. And this was another one. Like I said, we went uh, one for six with runners in scoring. Uh, you look at the fourth, Davis hit a leadoff double. Uh, and he'd only get managed to get over to third. Uh, and then you look at the sixth, Davis hit a, a single, and then Flores hit a single. Those were both one-out singles, but then a ground out and a strikeout would end the ending for us. And then after that, we didn't get another base runner until the top of the ninth uh, when Flores hit a single, and that's when we subbed in Ruff for Crawford, and Ruff would fly out to, uh, to left, and then two strikeouts ends the game for us. So we weren't without opportunities. Uh, we just did not take advantage of those opportunities to try and salvage that game. So let's go ahead and look at our uh, pitcher reports. Alex Wood, short outing for him. Hopefully uh, that injury does not sideline him for too long. Uh, hamstring, though, we'll, we'll, we'll see what the team says. Uh, 33 pitches total from him, uh, 18 sinkers, 12 sliders, three changeups. Uh, his changeups were 85, sinkers were 91 and a half, sliders were 82 and a half. Uh, good movement, pretty much what you'd expect. That slider coming down and a little to the left as you're looking at it. Uh, the sinkers. Um, not coming down too much comparatively, but going out to the right as you're looking at it. Same with the changeup coming down a little bit more, though. Uh, strike zone starts like up and in to a righty and then comes down and out to a righty as far as where all of his pitches would land. Uh, he threw 18 inside the strike zone and 15 out. Batters would swing at 13 of his pitches and take 20. Um, about an even distribution of changeup sinker slider between those two, taking and swinging. Uh, through 12 balls, got eight called strikes, two swing and strikes, six foul tips, four hits resulting in an outs and one base hit. Got two hard hits and three that were not. And then Junis would come in. He ended up throwing 47 pitches. 
22 sinkers and sliders and then three changeups. And his changeups were 85.7, his sinkers were 93.4, and his sliders were 83 and a half. Um, the sinkers would come down a little bit and go to the left as you're looking, so come in at you as a righty, and the sliders would go down and out to a righty. Changeups would go down even further than the sinkers and start coming in to a righty as well. Um, all are relatively the same release points. So that's good. You would throw 22 pitches in the strike zone, 25 out of the strike zone. Batters would swing at 22 of them. Uh, and they'd take 25. They swung at all of his changeups, all three of them. I'd get 16 balls, nine called strikes, three swing and strikes, seven foul tips, five hits resulting in outs, and seven base hits. Uh, hard hit versus not hard hit, evenly split, six and six. And then we go to Ross Stripling, who ended up throwing 36 pitches, um, 11 sliders, 10 fast seam, uh, four seam fastballs. Nine change-ups, four sinkers, two knuckle curves. So he's got five pitches that he's choosing from. And they go all the way from about the mid-90s to the mid-80s so, or mid-70s. So change-up, 83.7. Four seamers, 92.2. Sinkers, 89.2. Sliders, 86.5. And those knuckle curves were down way below 80. Um. As far as the lateral movement of all these pitches, not too crazy. It says here like six inches to one side or the other. The farthest out is like 12 inches. It looks like coming into a righty. Um, and of course, that knuckle curve's got the most drop out of all of those. Knuckle curve has a higher release point, it says on here. It's not grouped right with the other balls. Um, I threw 12 pitches in the strike zone, 24 out of the strike zone. Batters would swing at 19 of his pitches and take 17. Uh, they swung at those knuckle curves. Uh, you get a ball on one of those knuckle curves and a called strike on the other. Um, five called strikes total, seven swinging strikes, 12 balls total, six foul tips, four hits resulting in outs, and two base hits. And three and three when you look at hard hit versus not hard hit. Uh, then we have Taylor Rogers, who would be the last pitcher of the game. He only threw 10 pitches, eight sweepers, and two sinkers. Those sweepers coming in at 78.7. And uh, a lot of movement on those sweepers down and coming into a righty. Relatively same release point. I threw six pitches in the strike zone and four pitches out of the zone. 
batters would take five and swing at five. I'd get three balls, two called strikes, one swing and strike, three foul tips, and one hit for an out. Um, calling the balls and strikes behind the dish, that'd be Lance Barrett. Overall accuracy, 97%. Called 129 of 133 taking pitches correctly. Um, overall consistency, 92%. Eight called balls inside the estimated zone, two called strikes outside of the, that estimated zone. Impactful missed calls, top three. Uh, bottom of the second, Wood to Solaire, no outs, space is empty, 0-1 count, ball is called a strike. Um, second one, bottom of the fifth, Junis to Arise. One out, runner on first. Uh, first pitch of the at-bat, strike is called a ball. And then bottom of the eighth, stripling to arise. No outs, base is empty. First pitch, ball is called a strike. Um, called ball accuracy, it says 98%. Two of 89 called balls were true strikes. Called strike accuracy, 95%. Uh, two of 44 called strikes were true balls. So... Now we're going to move on to our last game, which uh, really tested that bullpen. We had Cobb on the mound for us starting. Uh, he would allow seven hits, uh, but he would only allow one earned run, strike out eight, and walk only one over five innings. Not a bad start. Encouraging to see him stretch to five. For the lineup, we had Estrada at short, Flores at first, Ruff at DH, then Conforto would come in, Davis at third, VR at second, Yaz in center, and then he'd move to right. Bart catching Ramos in left, and then Wisely would come in in his place and go to center. So that made uh, Yastrzemski switch over. And then Wade Jr. who started in right and then go to left. Estrada was one for five with a strikeout and a run. Flores was also one for five with a run. Ruff was one for two with a strikeout and a walk and an RBI. Uh, Conforto was one for two with a strikeout uh, and a run. And that's two RBIs on a home run. Davis was one for five with two strikeouts. VR was one for five with two strikeouts and a run. Yaz was one for five with a strikeout, a run, and two RBIs off that home run. Uh, Bart was 0 for two with a walk. Ramos was 0 for four with a strikeout and a walk. And then wisely didn't hit. Wade Jr. was 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. Total 7 for 39, 11 strikeouts, three walks, five runs, five RBIs, two home runs. So he only got seven hits in all three games. So ended up going. 21 for 105. Uh, the bullpen really got worked in this game. Like I said, I uh, would go to 11 innings, our third extra inning games in three games. Excuse me. Our third extra innings game in five games. We used six pitchers uh, out of the bullpen. First up was Brebbia. He pitched for one in the third, getting two strikeouts, allowing no hits or runs and walking none. Then Alexander, who pitched for an inning, getting a strikeout, allowing no hits or runs and walking no one. 
Tyler Rogers was next, pitching one and a third, giving up two hits and striking out one, giving up no runs or walks. Duvall came in for the last out in the ninth, and he'd also pitched the tenth. He'd walk two, strike out two, and allow no hits or runs, and he would earn the win. Um, I believe those two walks were also intentional walks. Jelly would come on in the 11th, getting only one out via the strikeout. Um, he walked one, gave up a hit and a run unearned. Taylor Rogers would come up to close the game and get a strikeout and a ground out. While it's been in uh, the Achilles heel on this trip and our first home stint, the bullpen managed to close out this game strongly supported by the two 11th inning two run shots from the offense. The Giants also intentionally walked the two straight batters in the 10th, the rise and Solaire which would prove to be of no consequence to Duvall, who struck out the next two batters to end that inning. We ultimately left eight on base, went three for 13 with runners in scoring position. Yaz got a two-out RBI. Yaz and Conforto hit home runs. Ruff would be picked off. Uh, we didn't ground into any double plays and didn't turn any double plays. Uh, we did have a bases-loaded moment to add more runs in the game. However, Ramos would end up grounding out to short. Uh, Miami also would have a bases-loaded uh, situation that ended off an awesome defensive play by Davis at third, scooping the ball out of the dirt and making the out at first. So finally got an extra innings win. Uh, we'd end up winning that, like I said, five to two. Let's look at the pitcher reports. Like I said, these are going to be lengthy. Uh, Alex Cobb started 92 pitches, 38 sinkers, 35 splitters, 13 knuckle curves and six sliders. Uh, Almost 90 for those splitters. Uh, the knuckle curve, 82.7. Sinkers sitting at 95. And the slider at 86.1. Good movement. Relatively same release point. Good spray across the uh, strike zone. He would throw 43 in the strike zone and 49 out of the zone. Batters would swing at 41 of his pitches, uh, taking 51. Uh, they mostly took the knuckle curve. They only swung on two of those. Um, and then everything else is kind of an even distribution. 35 total balls, 16 called strikes, 15 swinging strikes. Most of those swinging strikes were on his splitter. Uh, 12 foul tips. And those were on his sinkers, sliders, and splitters. Uh, seven hits for outs and seven base hits. Uh, six of those base hits would come off sinkers and one on a splitter. Eight hard hits get end up getting seven ground balls total, four fly balls, and three line drives. Brebia was next, throwing only 16 pitches, uh, an even split between four seamers and sliders. Four seamers, 95 and a half. Slider, 83.7. Movement is what you'd expect to see. Relatively same release point. Uh, he would only get five pitches in the zone. And 11 would be out of the zone. Batters would swing at seven and take nine. Uh, they mainly took his four seamer and swung at his slider. Uh, he throws six balls, get three called strikes, three swinging strikes, two foul tips, and two hits for outs. Uh, next was Alexander throwing 14 pitches, 
12 sinkers, two sliders. Uh, sinkers are 92. The release point right around the same. Stay pretty much in the middle there when you're talking about like between the knees or above the knees and uh, below the letters. Um, he threw 10 pitches in the zone, four out of the zone. Batters would swing at eight of those pitches and take six. They took both of the sliders that he threw. I uh, threw four balls, one called strike, three, three swinging strikes, four foul tips, and two hits for outs. And one and one hit, hard hit versus not hard hit. Next was Taylor Rogers, or excuse me, Tyler Rogers, throwing 22 pitches, 15 sliders, seven four seamers. Funky man <laughs> coming in at 83.3 for those four seam fastballs. 73 and a half for those sliders. Doing good with the strike zone. 12 pitches in the zone, 10 out of the zone. And batters would swing at 10 of his pitches and take 12. They mainly took his sliders. He'd get six balls, get six called strikes, three swinging strikes. Two foul tips, three hits for outs, and two base hits. Nothing was hit hard. Not a lot of people really can hit hard against him. Uh, then Duvall would come in for 17 pitches. Eight sinkers, six cutters, three sliders. Uh, <laughs> that cutter averaging 100.6. His sinker, 98.7. And his slider, 89.4. Got a good release point. Kind of eight pitches in the strike zone, nine out of the zone. And those ones of the eight in the zone. One, two, three, four, five of them are right on the lines. Only three are like actually full on in the zone. Batters would swing at nine of his pitches and take eight. Six balls, two called strikes, three swing and strikes, four foul tips, and two hits, four outs. And Jelly would come in. He'd uh, get 14 pitches off. Uh, he threw eight knuckle curves and six sinkers. The knuckle curves coming in at 85.2. The sinkers at 94.7. The... They have relatively the same release point. The knuckle curve does not have a lot of lateral movement, just a lot of drop. Uh, you got five pitches in the strike zone, nine out of the zone. Batter should swing at four of his pitches and take 10, relatively even distribution between the two. You get six balls, four called strikes, one swing and strike, two foul tips, and one base hit. And then finally, the last guy for the game, Taylor Rogers threw 10 pitches, eight sweepers, two sinkers. Once again, those uh, sweepers coming at 78.8. Same release point. 
You'd only get five pitches in the zone and four of those are on the line. One of them, the bottom, like one of them that came in at the top of the zone, the bottom of the ball is just touching that top line of the zone. Only one ball is actually right in the zone. Uh, five pitches were out of the strike zone. Batters would swing at four of his pitches and take six. Uh, three balls, three called strikes, one swing and strike, two foul tips, and one hit for an out. Behind the dish, calling the balls and strikes, Charlie Ramos for this game. Overall accuracy, 93%. Overall consistency, 92%. Uh, says he called 188 of 203 taken pitches correctly. Uh, impactful missed calls. Top of the fourth, Soriano to Bart. Two outs, runners on first and third. One, two count. A, a strike is called a ball. Um, bottom of the 11th, Jelly to Fortes. No outs, runner on second. One, two count. Ball is called a strike. Um, top of the third, Rogers to Wade Jr. One out, base is empty. Two, two count. Strike is called a ball. Uh, called ball accuracy was 94%. Says he called uh, eight of 128 called balls for true strikes. And his called strike accuracy, 91%. Seven of 75 called strikes for true balls. So those are the three games. Uh, this three-game series puts us at six and 11. Not a fun start, but most of the other teams are also having not great starts let's be honest uh only one team in the nl west has a winning record right now and that's arizona um we're fourth in the west ahead of only colorado who has a record of five and 14 we managed to snap our five game losing streak we managed to earn a win in extra innings game our batting lineups are now 144 for 601 28 home runs that's still second in the nl 188 strikeouts yeah we're leading the league uh, we've drawn 62 walks. That's ninth in the NL. Uh, we've stolen eight bases, which is 13th in the NL, and been caught stealing twice, which is second in the NL. We're slashing 240, 322, and 421 as an entire team, which all of those are a drop from the last episode. We have an OPS of 743, which is also obviously a drop. And that's all good for 11th, 10th, 7th, and 7th, respectively, in the NL. Uh, the pitching staff has a combined ERA of 4.13, giving up 149 hits and being credited with 70 earned runs, 85 total runs. Pitchers have given up 23 home runs, which is 12th in the NL. Uh, they have walked 46, which is good for second in the NL. They struck out in 163, which is fifth. They are fourth in earned runs and third in hits and sixth in ERA. The pitching staff's FIP is 4.17, and the whip is 1.277. Taylor Rogers still has the highest whip, but it's dropped from a solid 3 to a 2.357, and his FIP is also still uh, the highest, but it has dropped from 15.97 to 12.11. Hits per 9 now goes to Jacob Junis at 12.8. So let's look at some... Uh, overall stats from fan graphs comparing us to the rest of the league batting um just overall batting we are ranked 11th in the league 
um, which isn't terrible. I mean, uh, the only teams ahead of us are you got Tampa at one, Atlanta, then St. Louis, which is kind of odd. L.A. Dodgers, the Cubs, the Mets, the Astros, Pirates, Brewers, and Orioles. So, could be worse, but we can be better. Uh, if you want to look at some of these standard batting um, statistics, like I said, for strikeouts, we are leading the league at 188. Philadelphia is right behind us at 183. And then the Brewers at 181. And the Dodgers are fourth with 179. So, and Atlanta, 177. So you look at the four teams behind us, Philly, Milwaukee, Dodgers, Atlanta. You got Atlanta, that Philly, Dodgers, and Atlanta were all in the playoffs last year. Phillies were in the World Series. The Dodgers have had 100 wins or more for like five out of the past 10 seasons or something like that. So... And then San Diego is also in the top 10 with 174. The team with the least amount of strikeouts, the Nationals at 121. But right above them are the Mets at 131. And we're about to play them for a four-game set in Arizona at 141. So leading the league in strikeouts, not fun. Uh, and as far as runs... The Rays, obviously, number one at 133. Uh, we are 21st with only 79. So not, not fun to sit there. Home runs, we are third in the league overall, second in the NL. The Rays have the most at 42. Dodgers have 33, and we've got 28. The two teams right behind us, Atlanta and the Yankees, both have 27. So... Striking out a lot, but getting a lot of home runs, too. It'd be nice if they'd start coming a bit more frequently. And as far as average goes, we're 18th in the league at 240. Uh, but right around us, three teams above us, Boston at 240, Baltimore at 249, Miami at 249, three below us, Angels at 239, Cincinnati at 239, Dodgers at 232. Top teams, the Rays, the Cubs, and the Phillies. So, and then looking at pitching. Uh, overall pitching, or 20th. Uh, the top three are Tampa, Seattle, and the Yankees. Uh, as far as strikeouts per nine, or fifth. At 9.61 strikeouts per nine. Uh, Minnesota's first at 10.36, then the White Sox at 10.24, and then the Yankees at 9.95, and the Cubs at 9.73. Uh, Washington's dead last, followed by Oakland and Detroit. So, the kind of teams you expect to be down there as far as how they would get their outs. Uh, walks per nine. We are 27th in walks per nine with 2.71. Excuse me, 
And that's the other way around. I hate it when sites do this. That's better. We're fourth, 2.71. LA is at the top, 2.32. Uh, Minnesota, 2.35. Cleveland, 2.54. We're 2.71. So striking out uh, good. Our walks are good. Home runs per nine. Ninth, 1.36. But that's if you're sorting it from the most to the least. You go in the other way, least to the most, 22nd. Uh, and then fielding. I'm just going to do the, the basic advanced, excuse me, the just overall based on their advanced statistics, they have us listed at ninth for fielding. So our defense has improved from last year where we were pretty much dead last for most of the year, if not all the year. So improved defense. And I think a lot of that can be attributed to, you know, Davis over there at third first hasn't been too much of a problem. Uh, would be nice. Um, if, you know, Crawford can kind of get out of whatever he's feeling right now. Like I said, those back-to-back, uh, errors he had the other day really hurt us, but um, ultimately it's not terrible. So, like I said, we, we got to try and find silver linings in these rough times. And as far as our pitching staff, uh, we're striking out. We just need to strike out a little bit more. We're not issuing, issuing too many walks uh, as a whole. Um, and really our bullpen just – needs to be more consistent and our batters need to be more consistent with when they're actually getting runs. Uh, we got a rough stretch here. We got four against the Mets. We got four against St. Louis, and then we're going to Mexico city for two against the Padres. Um, I'd honestly be happy coming out of that stretch 500. I know we'd rather like, if we went 500 in that stretch. So that put us at, 11 and 16. I know that as well, as well as everybody else, I'd rather be above 500. So, but reasonable expectation, 500. Four games against the Mets coming up for the weekend. I'll see you after that. And then we'll be gearing up for four against the Cardinals. Peace.